You're now listening to the River Claremont Podcast. Whoo, Jesus! Hallelujah! Glory to God. Mighty rushing wind, cloven tongues of fire. Do what only you can do, God. How many people realize we are in the greatest hour of the church ever? I'll say the hunger up there in the northeast region is, is extreme right now. Even just whisper the name of Jesus and it's like a nuclear bomb goes off in the place. There's a hunger stirring in America. And I'll, I'll stir the Floridians. Just because we have DeSantis doesn't mean you fall asleep spiritually. Amen. We are still pressing in for a move of God to shake this nation like never before. It burns within me. I'm sorry. I'm a pastor, but it's still like my, my prayers aren't, Lord, give us a great, beautiful building with a flower garden out front. Mine is like, shake America, God. Raise up people. Turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 37, verse 1. We're going to flow today and see what the Lord does, but it's going to be spectacular, I'm sure. My main message today, I'm going to be talking about the power or the person of the Holy Spirit. He is a person. Jesus referred to him in masculine pronouns. Amen? And so we understand the personality. There is a personality of the Holy Spirit. There is a person of the Holy Spirit. He is not just a language. He is not just a power. He is not just some aspect or attribute of God. He is a person that you are meant to cultivate a genuine and very real relationship with. Like any relationship, it requires time, it requires openness and honesty. You've got to just spend time uh, creating that environment where you, you talk and communicate with the Holy Spirit. And from that, the Lord does great things in your life. Amen. My mic's feeding back just a little bit. All right, Psalm 37, before we get into today's main message, I was reading this up in, in Baltimore. It says, don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. Amen. Don't worry about a thing. Somebody say amen. amen. Something you got to remind yourself on regularly. There is nothing for you to worry about whatsoever. Amen. For like grass, they soon fade away. And like spring flowers, they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. And then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desire. Amen. As I read that up in Baltimore, I looked that up, and the word there, worry, is not actually what we, it's not fret or worry like we think. The actual word is do not be incited to burn with anger about what the wicked do. There are many people in the church that because the enemy is advancing and doing things, you just get agitated and you're angry all the time. We've got a lot of angry Christians that are incited by anger, whereas a believer full of faith and full of the things of God shouldn't be triggered by what the enemy's doing. Who cares what the losing team is doing? Right. Amen? It doesn't affect what the winning team is going to do. We will win every time. Amen? Even in that note, I've been saying this the last couple of services, for some reason come out of the spirit, but I noticed years ago, the word dominate makes Christians cringe. When you say dominate, they're like, yeah, just pick a softer word. But the Bible says we have been given dominion, which is the root of dominate. Amen. Which means we dominate and we crush the enemy everywhere we go. He is beneath our feet. If that's true, shout amen. Hey, so that means we don't sit there angry at the devil. He's defeated. He's beneath our feet. He's a loser. He was born to lose. He will always lose. And he will never, ever, ever be allowed to touch God's righteous people. 
Though he might come at you one way, he will flee from you seven ways. That's the word of God. Amen. Amen. And every weapon that forms itself against you will never prosper. Do not give way to anger. Be relaxed. Be full of joy because this is a great hour to be alive. Amen. Amen. Jesus. Jesus. Just lift your hands across the place. Just begin to thank the Lord. Man, you have been given the victory. You're not waiting on a victory. You're not hoping one day when you get to heaven, the, the, it's, it's right here, right now. You walk in victory. You're claimed. You're seated in heavenly places. You're at the right hand of the Father. All power, all dominion, all authority has been placed in the hands of the church. You are that church. You are that beloved one. When you pray, heaven hears you. When you pray, God moves. When you pray, the angels are released. The, ha- the hand of God is upon you. And though the enemy's scheme, as, Paul, as, as the... Uh, King David said, I looked and I saw the wicked prospering, but when I looked again, they were no more. So shall it be in this hour. Every wicked thing that has tried to prosper will come tumbling down in the name of Jesus Christ. Every dark thing will be exposed, for you are the great light. You are moving across the earth right now. Father, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for revival in the churches of America. We thank you for hearts being set ablaze with a fresh passion to serve you, God, and to not be ashamed of who you are and what you do. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone that believes it, shout amen. Amen. Father, we love you so much. John 16, verse 5 through 7 But now I'm going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it's best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the Advocate or the Holy Spirit won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Amen. Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit, saying, It's good that I go away, because while I'm here, there's one of me. But when I go away, I'll send the Spirit of God, and He will make many sons and daughters, and we will be multiplied. Amen. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same Spirit that dwells on the inside of you. If He can do it through Christ, He can do it through you. Come on, somebody. Now, the Bible says Jesus had the Spirit without measure, but that's because He was obedient to the Father at all times. The more you learn to obey the Word and the leading of the Spirit, the greater the power of heaven released through your life will be. Amen. Amen. That's why some people, when they pray, I mean, you feel things change when they speak things out. Amen. Other people pray, they felt a little, you know. But I want to be a person that when I pray, something happens. I want authority. Amen. And it comes from the Lord. God gives all authority. The Holy Spirit is called in Scripture, as we just read, the advocate. Shout advocate. That's like a lawyer. It's like someone, the paraclete, the helper, someone that pleads your case for you, which we'll get into that greater, but basically intercedes on your behalf, stands between you and the Father as a, and, and, and the washing, the renewal. So uh, when the accusations of hell come, when your past tries to rear its head, when someone from 20 years ago tries to drag you back down, you have an advocate in the Spirit of God that continues to speak into you that you are a child of God, redeemed, set apart, and forgiven. Amen. Thank God for that, right? As Paul said, forget the things of the past. Man, that person is dead and gone. It has no claim on you anymore. And that doesn't apply to many people in the church like my wife that have lived their whole lives in revival. But people like me 
that didn't live your whole life in revival. That past tries to rear its head. People, people come at you all the time. I mean, you know, who you used to be back in the day. And it's like, that guy's dead. He has no access in my life. I don't even think that way anymore. Amen. Amen. There is an advocate in the Spirit of God. Then the Bible calls him your comforter. Shout comforter. comforter. Not like the thing you sleep with, but you do sleep with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank God. He's like a blanket of fluffiness. <laughs> Jesus. My Holy Spirit is a down comforter. What's yours? No. A comforter has also used the term encourager. Shout encourager. You need encouragement in life. You need to be encouraged. You need to be stirred. You need, you need to be prodded in a, in a, in a powerful, uh, positive way where you're, in, you're encouraged to run your race and stir yourself up and to believe for more. Well, the Spirit of God in you is that encourager and that comforter to tell you you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen. Amen. So it's like when you're feeling that heaviness or you're feeling like, man, I don't know what to do. And suddenly that surge comes from you that's like exploding out the gate. That's the Spirit of God in you encouraging you to go take a step of faith and watch what God will do. Amen. Amen. Anybody ever have had that before? It's like, man, I feel the presence and it just surged through me. That's the encouraging, comforting side of the Holy Spirit. He is called that because he does that. Shout amen. amen. He's also called your teacher. Shout teacher. The Bible says that he will teach you concerning all things and even show you things to ha come in the future. So he can teach you about all things. I've noticed that serving the Lord in faith, he basically asks you to do things intentionally you don't know how to do. So that you have to rely upon the Holy Spirit to teach you what to do. Right? And so that's, that's a beautiful thing. Me in ministry, I didn't grow up in the church. I was, I was 19, 20 years old when I, when I went to church. Uh, we went like a scarce little amount when I was younger, stopped when I was six years old, and then, I, you know, I would go here and there for pizza parties at youth groups and stuff. It's not the same thing, you know what I mean? And then when I really started going, I was 20, 21 years old when, when my life was really being formed, and I actually regularly went to church. And when I went to church, I went to just, I mean, it was only, I mean, every, every Sunday, people were running around the place and, you know, very zealous type atmosphere. So I didn't grow up with years of any understanding of a Sunday morning other than the power of God falls, people respond, people jump up and down, people run. It's like the glory, of, like that's all I ever knew. And so I don't have to be taught that, so to speak, but there are people that were raised. It's like you, you weren't raised in an environment where the life of the Spirit of God was regularly flowing. And the Spirit of God will begin to teach you those things. Teach you the realms of the Spirit. Teach you His application. Teach you what He does. Teach you the free flow of the Spirit of God that's life-changing. Amen. Amen. How many people are grateful that God is not a God of just formulas? You know, like do all of these steps every single day. It's not 17 Hail Marys and 30 Yo Josephs. It's, it's, it's the Spirit of God operating in you, changing, transforming, renewing, encouraging, and teaching you concerning the realms of the Spirit and the things of God. Hallelujah for the person of the Holy Ghost. He's a teacher. He can teach you business. Are you kidding me? He can teach you how to win in Paul. He can teach you any aspect of life that you don't know what to do. He can teach you how to do it. Amen. Uh, I, I, I say this a lot, but our friend in, in, in Hawaii didn't know how to play music. Pressed into the Spirit of God, the power of God came upon him. He ran to a keyboard and started playing. And from that day, he has known how to play keys 
lead worship and has produced albums just by a supernatural encounter with God. Dake had an encounter with God where he could quote the entire word of God, literally verbatim, comma, scripture, everything, from start to finish. He one time live on radio in America quoted the entire New Testament. It took him hours and he just quoted, 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 never missed a single period, dot, comma, exclamation point, whatever. It was downloaded by the Spirit of God. If God can do that in them, he can do it through you. Amen. Even take Pastor Tony Carpenter of the River Baltimore. He said when he came to Bible school, he couldn't even read. He was fast-tracked through school in the inner cities of Baltimore, never learned how to read, didn't know what he was doing, but encounter after encounter with the Holy Spirit. Now he consumes books every day of his life. The Spirit of God literally taught him how to operate and how to read. Amen. Now he's written three books. God can take someone that can't read, teach him, and now they're an author. Amen. So don't make excuses, man. I don't know what to do. That's a good place. When you don't know what you ought to do, the Spirit of God can teach you what to to do. Amen. What to to do? I don't know. What to do? He said to do. We're going to have fun today. Amen. Who feels the life of Christ in this place? Jesus. Now, Scripture shows us that the Holy Spirit is intelligent. He thinks. Amen. As a personality, he has a will. For the, the gifts are given as the Spirit will. So there is the will power or the will of the Spirit of God. He has emotions and he has feelings. So he is a personality. Think about it for a second. Just as anybody in this room, you've got to learn how to figure out their personality. The Holy Spirit has a personality, has a will, and has emotions. And because he has emotions, it's possible to grieve him, Scripture says. You can grieve the Spirit of God. When you continue to do sinful things knowingly, that's a grievance to him. It's just like any relationship. If I continue to do things that hurt the relationship or hurt the person, I would grieve that person for what I'm doing. You can do that with the Spirit of God. That when you push, as Bible says, there are people that sear their consciences so much trying to push against the Spirit of God because they want to do what they want to do. Right? But you don't get to do that. You've got to live by your convictions if you want a relationship with the Spirit of God. Jesus. And it's not complex. It's just simple. It's the same as any relationship. You have got to put time, energy, and effort into making a relationship work. Would you agree with that? Amen. Hallelujah. So you can grieve the Spirit of God. You can quench Him in your life. What is that? 1 Thessalonians 5 says, quench not the Spirit. That's where the Holy Spirit is leading you. It's like leading you in life, going here, moving ahead with a plan. But you decide to change the plan and change the course. It's like kinking a hose where water's flowing, where you begin to quench the flow of the Spirit of God in your life. Happens a lot of times where we exert our will over His will. Lord, I want your will, but actually I want my will and I want your will to line up with my will. And everybody in here has done it, so don't act like we haven't done it. It's something you learn to do where you're like, Father, forgive me, because you can see the fruit in life where you kink it and you, you do your thing, and then you come back full circle and you're like, yeah, God, you actually knew what to do. And in the, in the church world, quenching the Spirit is where when the Spirit of God wants to move in some capacity in church, but we quench Him because we have a program. Right? 
So you have to be mindful of that. That's where you have to just be open to he is a personality. He is a person. He is real. He dictates things. He shares things. He moves as he wants to move. And the more we grow in our sensitivity and the relationship of that, the greater the power of God is manifested in our lives. Amen. Amen. And so catching the mind of the Spirit of God. Even Jesus, if Jesus was raised by the Spirit, had the Spirit without measure, and healed and did supernatural miracles through it. Yet every time He did something different, it shows you that the Holy Spirit will lead you to different ways to see miracles, different ways to see people healed, different ways to function in the things of God because it is an active relationship. Amen. Just as any marriage, you can. it's like, what advice do you have? Every marriage is unique in its own capacity. You can get advice that's like basically general, but you're still working out what is the... What is this marriage going to look like between the two coming in agreement? Amen? And so that's the Holy Spirit. You can grieve Him. You can quench Him. The Bible also says you can test Him. Test Him. Now what testing it means is like where you test someone's patience. Anybody in here ever tested someone's patience before? Yeah, raise your hands. Bro, when, I, when our, our kids were little... Emma was like seven months old or something, and Ellie was just at two years old, and I was walking through uh, BJ's or Costco, and they had the fuzzy footy pajamas, and we, we you know, when, you, when they're that little, you just put them in onesies all the time, you know what I'm saying? So I bought footy pajamas, and I gave them to them. Emma's seven months old, and she reaches over and grabs Ellie's footy pajama, and Ellie loses it. She's, <laughs> Ellie's always been super protective of her stuff, like, so she's like, yeah, yeah. And I see a seven-month-old with her thumb in her mouth. Her eyes like twinkle like, <laughs> seven months old. I'm watching it happen, and she just leans again, and she's like, <laughs> just, just grabbed it just to set her sister up. <laughs> and Emma, seven months old, is laughing. I was like, my God, you better help me with these kids. Jesus, I saw myself. You test people. You test their pace. You see what you can get away with. You know, you don't believe it? Hang out with Antonio for a day. <laughs> it's true. You know it's true. He's going he's to see what, what he can do right there. Well, the Bible says you can test the Spirit of God. In other words, you can actually irritate the Spirit of God. You can actually anger the Spirit of God. There is scripture where they tested the Spirit by lying and being deceitful. To, to the point where they died. Huh. So apparently, when we say he has emotions, he has emotions. And, a, and sometimes he gets south side of the kingdom on people. <laughs> you push long enough, the Holy Ghost is like, okay. I see how it is. No more. <laughs> I'm the spirit of life, so when I cut myself off, life without, without life, you're dead. And so you can test the Spirit of God. That's where you're irritating. That's where you're insulting to the point where Scripture even goes on to say you can insult or blaspheme the Spirit of God, which is the only sin that is totally unforgivable. It has eternal consequences, the Bible says. That's where you're so insulting and you blaspheme. That's where you mock what He does knowing He does it. People say, how do I know if I blaspheme the Holy Ghost? If you know the Spirit of God's doing something, you know that God is real, but you decide to mock because you want to exalt yourself above God, which is what Satan did, is what Herod did. And when Herod exalted himself above God, the Bible says his body was stricken with worms and he died. That's a brutal way to go out. Right? Can I, amen? Who wants to go out? Nobody. 
But if you do that, there's a point that people push to where they mock God thinking they can get away with it. You can mock people of God. You can mock men and women and get away with a lot. But when you start mocking the Spirit of God, that's where you better watch out. You are, you are walking on thin ice. You can insult or blaspheme Him. And the Bible also says you can resist the Spirit of God. There is resistance to God moving. There's resistance to what He wants to do. That's when He starts speaking and you try and push back because you don't like what He's saying. Right? I want you to go talk to, I want you to go pray for this person. Nope, not today. I want you to give this person that. I want you to give this away. Nope, not today. There's a resistance that people have when the Spirit of God softly prompts them where they resist because they don't want to do it. They're too busy. They don't have time. They don't care. They don't want to give that up. And I've resisted the Spirit of God before. I know I have. Where it's like, I should have. He impressed. Pray for that person. Go to that person's house. I didn't do it. I just made an excuse. Resisted it. didn't, Didn't do it. And then later, there's consequences. So having an open heart and an open spirit to the spirit is so important for the church to cultivate. Be open to whatever his desire is because it's the best desire that will ever happen. If you believe that, shout amen. Amen. Have an openness. Well, how do you keep an openness? Number one, the word helps keep your heart open. Prayer helps keep your heart stirring and cultivating that relationship. you got to keep yourself warmed up in the things of God, stirring the gift of God in you so that you are not resisting what God wants to do. Where there is resistance, Jesus felt resistance because of familiarity. He said, then the Bible says he went about teaching and preaching. In other words, he used the word of God to break resistance down. You got me so far? So where there's resistance, stir the word of God. We're talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. What what cultivating that relationship looks like, is like, and does for your life. And the more you begin to build a relationship with the Spirit of God, the greater the kingdom begins to operate in your life. In the word of God, creation itself is attributed to the works of the Spirit. Genesis 1-2, the Spirit hovered over the deep. And so all of creation happened when the Father spoke, the Spirit moved across the earth and everything began to be created. In fact, that's why the term Ruach is used for the Spirit because it's the breath of God, the breath of creation. The Spirit is the creative one that when He moves in accordance to the will of the Father, creative, dynamic power operates. Amen. So the more you cultivate a relationship with the Spirit of God and learn to lean into His understanding, lean into His wisdom, lean into His heart and His desire that that breath of creation is in you and when you speak, creative power goes forth. Come on, Psalm 104. He breathed His life, His Ruach into them and life was created. 104, uh, Psalm 104. There's creative power in the realms of the spirit where those things which are not suddenly become so that's the spirit the spirit isn't just advice it's literally power over this earth and all creation to make what needs to be made happen in a moment that's why when mary said let it be done unto me the bible says but she said how will i ever give birth i'm a virgin the the angel said the holy spirit will overshadow you And a baby will be birthed from that. So the Spirit of God literally brought forth the promise of Jesus Christ. In the flesh. Shout, in the flesh. So we're not talking he's just caught up in the spirit realms and it never affects your flesh life. I'm talking the Spirit of God has power to make creation yield to the will of the Father. Hey, somebody. 
Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's why I've literally, you meet people that have laid hands on appliances. You know what I'm saying? Like their refrigerator goes out and they ain't got no money. And they're like, shut up. I mean, slap that thing in the refrigerator. It's like, yeah, I'm working today. That's creative power. Amen. I've met people with cars breaking down and they're like, no, sure, up, move. Could you get warm? Yeah. That's why people have testimonies. Gas ran out, but it didn't matter. Because we don't operate on gasoline alone. We operate on the power of the Holy Ghost. Hey, somebody. When we say something, things happen. Man, Jesus, I'm feeling it now. It took me a little while to warm y'all up this morning. If I could just get the espresso drips and the IV people to come out and just start injecting the needles. Because I'm ready for, ding, there it is. creative power. In fact, the Bible talks about John chapter 3. This is a good one. When, when Jesus said to Nicodemus, you can't even enter into the kingdom of God except you be born again. And of course, Nicodemus, and uh, this is the first time this has ever been presented to anybody. We all understand born again, but he's like, bro, I'm a grown man. How am I going to crawl back up in my mom? Got awkward real fast. And he was like, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about flesh. I'm talking about spirit. For just as the wind blows, you don't know where it came from and you don't know where it's going. So it is with those born in the Spirit. You don't know where it came from. You don't know how it started. You don't know the entirety, but you can see the difference because you can feel it. So it is with those of the Spirit that we cannot be born again. The creative, redemptive power of God does not operate without the Spirit of God. So for you even be saved, the Spirit of God's got to be released upon you and make you a brand new creation. Amen. And that brand new creation thinks different, walks different, acts different, talks different, is accessing different things than it ever accessed before. Because 1 Corinthians 2 says a spirit person can understand spiritual truths, but a fleshly person does not understand them at all. When you're born again by the Spirit, suddenly spirit truths mean something to you. That's why preaching is foolishness to the world, but the wisdom of God to the church. Because it's different. They'll come in here and think, what are these people talking about? But a person with the Spirit connects and it builds you, makes you stronger, makes you more dynamic in the things of God. And it causes you to mature and become more Christ-like. Amen. 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 Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. That's the Word being read by you in your personal time. And it's the Word being preached in power and demonstration that connects with you on the inside and springs forth the kingdom within you. Hey, somebody. Holy Ghost, we love you. We worship you. We honor you. You're the king of glory itself. You're the spirit of the most high God. When you move, death has to leave. When you move, bodies are healed. When you move, direction flows. When you move, prophecy is spoken forth. Creative power is released by the spirit of God. Thank you for it, Lord. Amen. You know, even in that note, I've noticed that when you worship intensely, you ever had that moment where, well, I do it all the time, but it's like when you when you really connect, because there's a lot of people that don't join in corporate worship. For whatever reason, you don't think you can sing well. My wife made fun of me yesterday for how bad I sing. <laughs> I still sing today. Amen. And I know. It's just that one thing that's made her, reminded her of like a Muppet reel. <laughs> I may not have all the skills. But the one skill I have, I use every day. 
I'm trying to figure out what that one is. But when I figure it out, bless God, I'll not be ashamed of my skill. But I've noticed that when you worship deep, you know what I'm saying? Like where you actually open your mouth and you really go for it. The more you're like expressing, letting breath out, it's almost like that creative ruach comes out. And then it's like before long, you're like, what is happening? I feel different. You know, it's, that's the spirit that he gave you, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. When the more you do that, it actually transforms how you feel. How do I get my feelings to feel right? Worship the Lord. And before long, the flesh suddenly is like, hey, I feel something. It's life itself coming through you. And if you don't press past that and you stay quiet, there's everybody else around you can praise and get the breakthrough and you won't get the breakthrough. I, for one, do not want to be around the spirit of breakthrough, watching it happen. I want to carry the spirit of breakthrough in my life. Amen. So you worship. It's like that. It's like the more you do that, and I'm, 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 I'm hitting things I wasn't planning on hitting, but I, I, in Bible college, when I first got saved, I'm on fire for God. I'm zealous concerning the Lord. I can't sing worth a, worth a darn. I'm not really involved in, you know, that's like music is not my territory. And every time worship would begin to happen, I would close my eyes and I would try and enter in and I would get a headache. And I don't know, I mean, I, I don't know, but like a pounding headache. And I, and I used to let that, okay, and I sit down during worship because I have a headache. And then one day I realized, why is it I feel great? I don't ever have headaches. But now when, I'm, when worship is going on and I try and enter in, there's a headache. And then, I, I, then it geared me up. You know what I'm saying? When, 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 I, when that clicked, I was like, mm, I'm going to worship until either my head splits open or I get a breakthrough. Amen. Amen. I was like, that's it. That's like a, you, you, you let me see it. I'm like a, I'm like a bulldog on a chihuahua. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I'm going for it. I'm like a bull after a red shirt, you know. And so I, I mean, that time I just, I mean, I press in head of pounding. I mean, migraine splitting, and I just kept shouting and kept praising through. That's, and then I got to the point where it broke. I'm talking not like it lessened. I'm talking like I broke past a veil that was meant to keep me bound and just stagnation, and I shook it off like Peter or Paul shook off the snake, and I entered into the realms of God's presence, and suddenly there is no headache and there's freedom in the Holy Ghost. And I've had since that day, that thing will try and stop me from praising. And I'm like, no, I recognize this. I'm a breakthrough in Jesus' name. You better watch out. I'm about to wear my comfort shoes at church. Amen. I don't even wear dress shoes anymore because they're dangerous for me. I'm going to praise straight through. I mean, you give me sneakers with extra lift. Amen. I need the Nike Airs with the little pump. About to go into worship. Because you got to break past that. Why is it? It is the breath of creation that you are, you are utilizing and speaking, and it actually transforms your physical body. It will make you younger. Amen. Who believes that the Lord will make you younger? Hey, somebody. So we're talking about the dynamic working of the Spirit of God. He's creative. Even artists, even songs, even artistic display. The more you press into the realms of the Spirit, the more unique and original you get. You'll just do things that nobody else is doing. Not because you tried to think of what everybody else is doing and do something else, but because creative power is flowing through you. So His 
presence, his identity, his personality begins to be expressed by you. And he is rich in his personality. Amen? Amen. Creative power through the Holy Ghost. Then the Bible says all of Scripture is literally attributed not to the wisdom of men, but spirit-inspired. The Spirit of God authored the living word. Amen. So if the spirit of God is on the inside of you and the word of God is eternal truth, that when you cultivate this relationship with the spirit and as you speak, there's the word of truth that speaks through you. Come on. That's why Jesus said, you've searched the scriptures in vain, or maybe it was Paul, and you never came to the truth because you're looking for it in the word. But the spirit, the word, the truth is in you. It's the spirit of God speaking through you. So it's, it's inspired by the Spirit of God, which is ultimately prophecy. That's why Daniel could prophesy about the kingdom of God hundreds of years before. That's why Isaiah could tell you all the attributes of Jesus way before he ever walked the earth. Because the Spirit of God has already been to the end and came back. And anything he gives you, that's why it says he can teach you even things to come. Amen, somebody. That's true prophecy, where it's coming inspired by the Spirit, not by the soul. It's not I read a CNN report and I'm going to prophesy. It's I have access to the Spirit of God that doesn't care what CNN report is put out. It knows exactly what's going to happen when it's going to happen. Hey, somebody. All of Scripture. That's why when you read the Word today, it may be 2,000 plus years old, but yet it still thunders on the inside of you as though it's alive. It's quick. It's powerful. Which quick means it's alive is the word. It's alive and it's powerful and it's sharp and it cuts through the soul and the spirit. The soul, that feeling, that moodiness, that emotionalness, that you don't understand me, that you just, I mean, my generation's different. Uh, All of that. We have all that in the church. You know what I'm saying? And the spirit cuts through that. That's why it can unify a 95-year-old with a 12-year-old. And they're like, yeah. Yeah. Because the Spirit unifies. Jesus, I'm preaching myself happy today. Fire up in this place. Hallelujah. Then the dynamic working of the Spirit. I hope nobody's in a hurry because we're staying all day. Can, uh, can you go see, are they making the burgers right now? It's right now. Because I think when it's done, if they could bring me in a burger right in front of everybody... Because what would that would do was really cost them to press in. See what their temptation level is. I will not be tempted. I'll be like, just lift your hands and press in while I eat the burger. Who, who thinks that's a good idea? Amen. Nobody. You guys. One Brecken. I knew I could get Brecken on my side. Another divine working of the Spirit of God is Acts 1.8. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Shout power. Power. I want you to shout it like an African. Power. Power. Yeah, we we don't do power in this church. We do power. I mean, you got to like, your hair's got to flap. You know what I'm saying? Power. I mean, if the world can headbang, the church can have some flapping hair too. You don't want it, I'm going to take it. You don't want it, I'm going to take it. Mm -hmm. Talking about power, and it's like, hey, you got some power. What are we emphasizing here right now? We got power! (laughs) It's like, 
Suddenly, when I did that, I saw like Van Damme and Bloodsport, you know, when he's like, ah! Three people know that movie. Changed my life, you know? To this day, when I think about spiritual warfare, I think about the Kumite. I'm coming out live. I still stretch in the mornings. It's pretty brutal. Stay limber in the Holy Ghost. There's power. What does he give you power over? Number one, the law of the spirit of life. Spirit of life has freed me from the law of sin and death. So you have been empowered to rule over sin where it doesn't dominate you. You dominate it. I will not be led by my sinful desires. I will be led by the spirit of Christ. Oh, causes you to not be the compromising Christian trying to, trying to utilize Scripture to excuse your sin. It causes you to be a person that breaks sin off of your generation. Oh, I don't want to return to my vomit. I don't want the things of this world. It's like when you get the Spirit of God... The things of the world look like a steaming dog turd. That's right. And the things of the spirit look like a filet mignon. And if I was to set before you both steaming plates, a dog turd and a steak, which one would you go through? Even vegetarians would choose the steak. You know it's true. Suddenly you feel the unction to eat some meat. That's the difference of the kingdom of God. Hey! devil I don't want your turds I got life in me I have been made free I walk free I talk free I am free I think free and when my mind tries to get out of line I take authority over my thoughts I subject them to the word and the word rules and reigns in my life oh I feel like I could run around this place right now hey sin has lost it's grip on you. Hey. Jesus. 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 Woo. Purity. Holiness. Are the work of the Spirit in you. You don't strive for it. You're transformed to, to walk in it. Thank you, Jesus. I felt that, Pastor Linda. Man, I nearly ran. I nearly ran. But since we've expanded the sanctuary, you know, you got you really stop and think about it before you take off. You don't want your victory lap to, to end halfway through. Plus, these don't these don't have good traction, and when you go to turn. One day I ran in this place with those old dress shoes on that are leather. Bro, you, you can't. You go to turn, you just, wow. I mean, right back there, I bit it, bro. Nobody even noticed, though, because everybody else is like, yeah! That's, if you're going to biff it, biff it in here, you know what I'm saying? Get your eyes on Jesus, everybody. Sometimes you fall down, sometimes you just slip. Ha, 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 ha.
<laughs> Church ought to be the funnest place on earth. Which, you know, Disney claims to be that, but I've been there, and there's a, like kids screaming everywhere. <laughs> Happiest place on earth, huh? <laughs> Parents, we spent $7,000. You suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> you eat your turkey leg right now. <laughs> You love it. You love it. You just don't know it. (laughs) Smile, smile, smile. Hey, enjoying it, Disney. (laughs) We we enjoy going to parks. Well, my wife doesn't. I enjoy going to parks. Just because I'm not a guy that likes to sit. So if I have to walk 17 miles in a day, I actually feel like that's a good day. He has given you power. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power over sin, over fear. For he has not given you a spirit of fear or timidity, but of love, power, and a sound mind. You have been made the, the ruler of fear in your life. Fear is not something you fight against. Fear is something the enemy has to deal with. The enemy is afraid. You are bold as a lion. Fear has no grip on your life. You're not afraid of tomorrow, come what may. You're not afraid of war breaking out. You're not afraid of recession. You're not afraid of who's in the White House, who's not in the White House, what the plan is, what the scheme is, what the next strategy. It doesn't matter. Release your best. Fire a firing squad. Do whatever you want. As for me and my house, we serve the Lord. And he is a kingdom that is unshakable. And all the time, he is unshakable. The devil can gather an army of a million people outside my door, but if God says, today ain't my day, you ain't going to do nothing to me. Hey! That's why Scripture says the mobs burned with anger at Jesus. Just imagine them chewing on their fingernails. And he would walk right through them, but they couldn't. The Bible says they couldn't even lay a hand on him. So they were like, but he's like, Nothing. Nothing. Well, the same spirit that Christ had is in you. Come on, somebody. So we are not afraid. What is there left to fear? Death? No. There is no death. Death is something behind me, not ahead of me. Are you kidding me? Life is ahead of me. Life evermore is ahead of me. I'm going to walk in streets of gold. I'm going to throw my crown at his feet. I'm going to be there with the angels. Ah! Hey, there is a mansion waiting on me. So hold my water. I'm slipping into glory. I'm not afraid. Not afraid of sickness. Sickness has lost its grip on me. Jesus. Not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of demons because demons are literally subject to me in his name. Hey, we're talking talking this week and and, you know the first book someone gives you when you get saved kind of shapes your your walk you know what I'm saying and so I wasn't given chicken soup for the teenage soul the the first book you know the seven steps of the three secrets of the one you know I was given adventuring in Christ by Lester Summerall so picture this I literally just get saved the first book I'm reading he's writing about the devil moving his bed in the Philippines him waking up and saying devil put the furniture back where you found it I mean I'm in my room I'm like like 1920 and I'm reading this and I'm like 
You're like hoping the devil manifests. You're like, where is he? Where is he? Where is that sucker? Where is that sucker? Like Sylvester, I thought I saw a putty cat. I mean, you're like, where is he? Is that a demon? That's a demon! <laughs> Got the church afraid of a manifestation of the enemy. You should not be afraid. He manifests because you are the one with the power and the authority to dominate in that situation. Amen. And you're not empty. People are like, let me just tell you, you, know, you got to be careful because he, he seeks to find an empty place and then he finds the swept to clean. I'm not empty. I am filled to the fullest, Ephesians 1, that you might be filled with the fullness of God. Ah! Jesus. I'm not an empty house. I'm a vessel overflowing. Jeez, you won't find an ounce for you to slip your little greasy, ugly demon in here. We full. No vacancy. Move on. Get me behind me, Satan. Jesus. Fear is not something you're supposed to deal with. Cast, it is something you cast out, you don't counsel. Are you with me right now? You don't patty cake fear. You don't put a pro and con list of fear. Well, I shouldn't be afraid because. When fear tries to rear in, you turn and face it. What, that, which, that thing you will not confront will always be the thing to control you. So if there's something that you are nervous about, then you've got to turn and confront it with the authority and the power of God and break that power off of your life. Jesus. Jesus, some of you are scared of heights. You need to go jump out of a plane this week. And if you lack faith, get a parachute. My God, I can see the headlines. The one zealous river member that was like, I'm going on the word. <laughs> Platt. I'm having fun. You having fun this morning? Isn't the Lord wonderful? Glory to God. Jesus. Confront your fear. Your fear is like a giant. It's like a Goliath that needs to be confronted. The army of Israel was terrified of Goliath, but David was not afraid because he said, I'm not coming at you in my own strength. I'm coming at you in the name of my God. Anything that tries to make you be afraid, confront it and break its fear. Public speaking, stand up in front of a, a group and start sharing your testimony. Amen. Amen. He has given you the power over lack. For the Bible says... For even the strong, even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Amen. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I will lack no thing, nothing. You lack is not something you deal with anymore. You say, am I, am I, do I just have a never-ending supply? In, in the, according to the word of God, yes. You, he shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. Amen. Who in here thinks that heaven is short of anything? Amen. No. Even when we, we took a cruise right at 2020, my wife's telling me we got to pray because toilet paper is gone. We're on a cruise. I'm like, what do you mean toilet paper's gone? She's like, I'm telling you, when we get back, we couldn't even buy a bidet on Amazon. Those things were already sold out too. All the toilet paper, and we get back, we land, you can't find toilet paper anywhere. So we come in agreement. Father, I just thank you right now. You lead us into the land of Charmin. 
I mean, if you're going to pray, pray for the good. You know what I'm saying? Like, we ain't like a one-ply God. Father, I thank you for that John Wayne toilet paper. Uh-uh. I thank you for the fluffy, extra loafany, lotiony. Well, I mean, talking about sitting on pillows of glory, toilet paper. And you're leading us right to it. Amen. We walk into a store, and sure enough, right as we walk in, here's, here's a worker coming from the back, like doing the happy dance, because he's got a cart full of Charmin. And he's rolling it to bring it out to the empty shelves. And we're like, we need one of those right there. And he's like, it was like his delight. He want one? Oh, here you go. Yeah. I got a picture of my wife in the store, like, holding this. I mean, who's ever been that happy for toilet paper? You know what I'm My God will supply. He'll make a truck appear in the midnight hour and make that Charmin come reeling out the moment I walk. I don't even have to walk to the counter or the shelf to find it empty. That Charmin will be hand-delivered at the entrance of the door. Jesus, amen. And we never had a toilet paper shortage. Amen. How do you know you're anointed? Because you, every time you sit, the Lord is there with you. In more, in more ways than one. Father, I thank you. Lack has been broken off of your life. Come on, somebody. Lack is broken off of you. Rejoice right now. Lack is broken off of your life. It's gone. 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 You have more than enough. Oh, you are well supplied for every good work, the Bible says. I'm well supplied. I'm well supplied. There is overstock. There is overflow. Every time I need it, heaven meets me. Every time I pray, God releases more. Hey! Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. The Bible talks about in times of famine, birds would bring prophets bread and meat. You know what that means? That's a burger or a hot dog. Yeah, I just see it right now. Think about it. America didn't create these things. The prophet did. He's like, oh, yeah. Mayonnaise next time. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Man, I was in I was in Africa. A guy walked up to me on the street and said, please pray for me. He said, I, I, I'm desperate. My family, we need work. He said, there was 65% unemployment in the city. He said, I'm desperate to work. I'm a hard worker, but I, because I, I was leading him to the Lord. So I grabbed his hand, and I was every, every scripture I could quote, Father, your word declares you've given us the power to create wealth. This man's heart is to provide for his family, but he can't find a job. Lord, open up an opportunity for this man to get hired swiftly, even now, God. The moment I said, even now, a guy walking by stops and says, I couldn't help but hear you pray. I'm, I own a business and I'm hiring. Can you do this? The guy said, I can do it. He was hired right there. <laughs> I mean, you're like, peace. I got you, bro. Holler back. That's the God that we serve. Come on. Come on. Hey, you lack nothing in Jesus' name. Man, it's not just money. It's whatever you need. You don't lack wisdom. You have been given liberal wisdom from God. Every time you don't know what to do, he will tell you what to do if you would just ask him. Amen. You lack nothing. Lack is something gone away with. And then the power of the Holy Ghost, you've been empowered with every heavenly gift. Every heavenly gift, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. 
discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, faith, the working of miracles, and the gift of healing is accessible to the church, which is you. And if you believe it, shout amen. Hey, somebody, there has been supernatural power given to the church by the Holy Ghost. And all you got to do is cultivate that relationship. Holy Spirit, I thank you, Lord, that you are teaching me every day. You're ministering to my spirit. You're encouraging me. You're comforting me. You're building me strong. You're leading me. You're guiding me. You're, you're directing my steps. Father, all the days of my life, I will be led by the spirit, not by the flesh. I will discover and know what I need to know. All the hidden riches in the realms of the spirit, I will find. For Lord, you are a God that conceals yourself and takes delight as I search you out. I will search out the depths of the spirit because I have a hunger that you place on the inside of me. Amen. If you believe that, say amen. amen. We're talking about the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. See, there's a thing that I, I've been saying for years that many people, even in the gifts of the Spirit, will never be used by the, by the, the Spirit because they want to use the Spirit and not let the Spirit use them. And there's a difference. I can't exert my will over the Holy Spirit's will. He is the Spirit of God. I am a man. I am claimed, I am redeemed, I have been called his own, but I have to get in line with what his desire is and what he wants to do and how he wants to do it. Every time Jesus healed someone, it was different. He didn't repeat the same process. It was a different process. The Spirit is the one that leads you of how to get these miraculous breakthroughs in your life. Amen. Amen? And so let the Spirit of God lead you. Speaking about that, Romans 8, 26 through 27, the, whole, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. The Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us or intercedes for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So the Holy Spirit intercedes on your behalf. He intercedes for you. So when you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you and you allow the Spirit to pray through you, you are interceding on your own behalf, praying the perfect will of God. Amen. The days of stressed out, not knowing what to do, not knowing which decision to make, are days of the past for a child of God that cultivates the relationship with the Spirit of God. For He will intercede through you, and your steps will be ordered by the Lord. Amen. Amen. Grab a hold of that. Now, where people miss this is they, they really only lay, rely on the Holy Spirit for big decisions. You know, should I take this job? Should I marry this person? Should I move to Kentucky? You consult him for big things, but not daily things. Your life is governed by the daily decisions, not just the big decisions. And the more you cultivate the ease of letting the Spirit of God speak to you about daily things and recognizing he's not too busy, he's not stressed out, and he'll tell you things right now about today, the greater you can hear him in the important things too. When I was in, in Bible college, I worked as a, as, a, as a valet with a V, not a B, a valet parking cars. And they used to, <laughs> for years I'd say that, and people think I said ballet. People come to me, what ballet did you work for? I didn't say ballet. <laughs> what, I was, what meeting were you in? I didn't wear a leotard, and I didn't dance. I drove expensive cars. And people would write, you know, on the ticket where the car was parked, you know, garage A, level four, row F, 10th car. 
So that's how they would label it. And we had two different garages. And what people would do, because it's a tip-based job, so they would actually lie on the, on, the, on the card. They would remember certain cars and write a fake location on it so that you would get the key and run to the opposite garage and spend 30, 40 minutes trying to find a car while they got more cars and they got more tips. And after that happened to me a few times, I got to where I grabbed the keys and rather than looking at the ticket, I would just let the Spirit of God lead me. And it wasn't like He told me, go left, go right. It was more like an impression by God. Like, just find yourself running in this direction. Find yourself running up three flights. Find yourself running to row F. Find yourself running down. And then standing in front of a car, and I would look down and I'd hit the clicker, and the car would unlock right in front of me. And that didn't happen once or twice. It wasn't like, man, that, like God did it one time. That became a daily occurrence in my life where the Lord would literally, I didn't even have to look at a location. God would run, run me right to the location no matter where they parked it. And it actually became a sign and a wonder where the people began to ask me, how do you know where we're parking the cars? And I said, I don't know where you're parking the cars. The Spirit knows where you're parking the cars. I'm a Spirit-filled believer. That opened up a door to where suddenly I'm like pastoring a group of misfit valets. <laughs> Seriously, I'm one year, I'm a first-year Bible school student. They're coming to me like, could you do our marriage counseling? <laughs> I'm, I'm not even married, bro. <laughs> I mean, it's been like seven months that the Lord's cut off some bad things in my life. But okay, let's do this. Close your eyes, lift your hands. Fire! That's all I knew. <laughs> do you feel better? Does it feel like the marriage is better? I don't know. A guy came to me away. He was like, Can, could you marry us? Is it legal for you to be the, the person to marry us? Because you're the only pastor I know. I'm like, I'm not a pastor. I'm a valet. I'm in the same outfit as you, bro. It led to the point, I remember one time, we're like, it's, it's a busy circle. We worked at a cancer center, and I actually got to pray with people. I saw people healed. I saw great things happen. But it was like a busy circle at Moffitt Cancer Center where there was three rows of cars, and they were always backed up. I'm talking busy, 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 busy. It's pouring down rain. A guy is getting out of a car, and he's wobbling and stuff, having problems. And he said something about, like, to the valet that's opening the door, man, I need a miracle. Well, the valet shouts across the circle, Caleb! <laughs> like, if this, I, hey, you did, he, he, he can do a miracle. <laughs> and, and he was like, I don't remember how it happened, but I was like, I, I believe that the Lord can heal you. I believe the Lord answers when we pray. And I was like, even right now, it's raining. Father, I thank you for clear skies. The moment I said that, the clouds parted. My friend was like. <laughs> and I went and laid hands on the guy, supernaturally. Amen. The Lord will back you up in this thing. You just got to trust the Lord. But talking about the fact that the Holy Spirit, he's got a personality. He's actually, for me, he's actually hilarious. I think he, he, I think he works with your personality. Yeah, some people's Holy Spirit is very serious. I mean, the Lord actually rebukes me in jokes many times. Like, he'll get me laughing, but I'm like, <laughs> okay, ow, ow. I heard you, okay, I mean. <laughs> but it'll intercede through you to where your life becomes a life directed by God, where you'll, you'll perceive things. There will be unction, the unction to function, the unction of 1 John. 
chapter 5, where there's an unction of the Spirit of God, that impression, not, not that he spoke, not that a thundering voice from heaven, he can do that, the Spirit of God can speak like an audible voice, speak like a whisper on the inside, give you dreams, give you visions, but he also, there's an impression by the Spirit of God that you get in tune with, where it's like, it's not words, it's not normal, it's not communication that we have, it's like integration. It's like I'm integrated with the Spirit of God, and I'm lending my faculties to Him. And then I just kind of find myself at a place where God intended for me to be. Amen. And that's, that's the beauty of serving God, that it is an adventure. If your walk with God is stagnant, then I promise you, cultivate the relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit, and stagnation begins to leave your life. It does begin to be exciting. Amen. And leaving with this, divine guidance. The Spirit of God gives guidance. The Bible says He will guide you into all truth. He can guide you in life. There's not a better guide than the Spirit of God that can guide you into everything. Amen. My pastor in Nashville, one day, one night, impression by the Spirit of God, get in the car. I mean, he had it so heavy, drove through the city of Nashville, Tennessee, till he drove up for 30 minutes to a drug house. Walks in the house, doesn't know the house, doesn't know the place, opens the door. There's his daughter about to inject herself with heroin right there on the seat. He walks right up to her. He picks her up, slings her over his shoulder. She's kicking and screaming, and he walks right out of the house and brings her home. That night, two people died in that place by injecting themselves with heroin laced with formaldehyde. It's on the front page of the Nashville newspaper. But the Holy Spirit impressed upon a man of God where his daughter was, and that you need to go find her right now. And God knew exactly where she was. It wasn't I called seven people and text 18 people. It was I was led, I mean an impression by God will lead you right where you need to be. Amen. When my father-in-law was first pastoring in his early 20s, he was like 22, 20, 21, 22 years old, pastored a church, and one day, He's just worshiping the Lord, finds himself getting in the car, and he drives an hour and a half down the road to an entirely different city. There's like a, there was like a carnival outdoor thing going on, and there was a tent that said like a beer tent. And he parked the car, and he walked into the tent and looked across the room, and there was his worship leader at the bar. And he walked right up to him, put his hand on his shoulder, Smiled at him and turned and walked out. The guy came running out. How did you find me? How did I just go my marriage, everything? And it was just led by the Spirit. He wasn't angry. My father-in-law wasn't mad. It wasn't exposed. It was actually to help bring healing to this guy's marriage, his walk with the Lord. See, God, if you let the, let the Holy Spirit kind of just impress upon your life, you find yourself in divine encounters. Where it's like suddenly, boom, why am I here? Oh, that's why I'm here. That's why I wound up at this place right now. That's why you led me here. And then true ministry starts taking place. That is spirit-led ministry that breaks shackles off people, sets hearts free, and it shows them the love of God. You know what I'm saying? When someone, when you're led to that capacity by the spirit, there is no way you can interpret that other than the spirit so loves you, he will find someone to find you in the midst of whatever's going on to bring life and break it off of your life. Somebody give God a shout of praise. Hey, somebody. He wants to guide your life. He wants to use you like an arrow placed in the bow of God that can be positioned and struck at the heart of what the enemy's plan is to bring just, you know, 
uh, uh, to, to, to an end to the things of the enemy in people's lives and to bring hope and love. And he can guide you in things that benefit your personal life too. He can speak to you concerning job opportunities. He can speak to you concerning stocks, investments. He can guide you in anything that you need guidance in. But the thing I would cultivate is develop the relationship. Develop the relationship with the Spirit of God. The greater you know Him, know His operations, know His leadings, the, the, the tighter the path you're going to walk with Him to the supernatural things. Amen? Thanks for listening to River Claremont's podcast. We pray you were greatly blessed by this message. If you'd like to keep up to date with what's happening at the River Claremont Church, visit us at riverclaremont.com.